You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and we've got a jam-packed episode of Transmission for you today. We've got special interviews pre-recorded throughout the last couple of weeks, and yeah, I'm just genuinely, genuinely so excited to talk about some of the events coming up this weekend for Halloween as well. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So yeah, first up, we've got the week in community events and news, which we'll get to firstly. But after that, we've got an interview with Georgie Stone from Neighbours, also a recent Netflix release, The Dream Life of Georgie Stone, which was a documentary about her life, which she was creative producer on, which I get to talk to her all about that. And then later in the episode, Jay from the Transmissions Tens Across segment, Jay talks to Bee Queens Breakdown Bollywood, which is an event that will be happening over the weekend as well. Yeah, so we've got, got a lot to get through. So first up, We'll do the week in community events. So this weekend, okay, so hold on. It's Halloween. So then there's obviously going to be a million events over the weekend. The events that I'm talking about are trans and queer friendly that I'm going to recommend for you today. So the first one, which is on Friday, the 28th of October at 9 p.m. at Black Bear Lodge is Shandy Halloween. As the storm clouds gather and the rain pours down, the streets are rife with with whispers of strangers lurking in the dark, wearing black gloves and dark omens that portend the end, the return of the three mothers. But the prophecies have long foretold the mother's return, and after many years of preparation, the queers of Mianjin will return this Friday to the hallowed grounds of Black Bear Lodge for an ancient ritual. Shandy invites you to summon spirits through dance and banish malicious entities as our team of Chloe Love, Blake Housen, and Tyler Mas. Marcelic, transform Black Bear Lodge and transport you into the world of Galo, horror films, the Italian genre that emerged in the 60s and 70s with striking visuals, black glove killers, and buckets of fake blood. So yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed one. They've got a bunch of cool DJs. Yeah, so that's going to be really exciting. Then there's on Saturday, Saturday 29th of October from 2pm until late at Greaser's Bar in Fortitude Valley. I'm going to push play. 4ZZZ is reanimating the dead and summoning the evil spirits for a Halloween sonic slaughter at Greaser Bar on Saturday 29th October. Evil Z is our multi-genre party. And in the garage we have Digital Bacchus Harsh Namshab Hallucinogenic versus Cardiac Arrest Micmac and Schizoid B2B Synonymics Sniffer Dog SLK Xenolith B-Rock and Radley Sam P3 Sound provided by PK Sound and lighting by Lightbomb Prizes for best costume from Berserk Clothing This is going to be a hell of a party Saturday 29th of October Get your tickets for Evil Z through Moshtix now $25 full price or $20 for 4ZZZ subs Yes, Evil Z will be an absolute banger. A lot of, you know, this is a fundraising event for 4ZZZ as well So that way we can get more help and raise some funds to help put in a disability access studio at the station here. So yeah, if you've if you'd like to come down and have a have a blast, there's also going to be 
best dressed prizes. Uh, there's a couple of bands that I'm really excited to see, like the Snouts as well. So yeah, check that one out. That'll be this Saturday, 29th of October from 2 p.m. Then on Sunday at Netherworld from 3 p.m. onwards is Gunk Halloween Party. Gunk are back from the dead, aka 2015. Stronger, better, gayer, hotter, and more powerful than ever before. Come witness the spooky for sp- the spooky stuff for yourselves at Netherworld on Halloween Eve for an afternoon party with Babes, Whalehouse, and Queerbait. Yeah, some two really awesome bands. And if you'd like to mo- know more details about the events that I've just mentioned, there will be links to all of them on the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with a Z. Yeah, I'm excited. There's also some community news. So, this week is actually Asexual Awareness Week, and Asexual Awareness Week is also known by Ace Week, is the international campaign that seeks to educate about asexual, aromantic, demisexual, and grey a- asexual experiences. So this entire week, is, an- which run- runs annually, is the full week is the entire week, and it's helped educate and give voice to the often overlooked and misunderstood A in the LGBTQIA plus uh, or can, group of letters. I can speak this morning. It's totally fine. So yeah, for asexual people, yeah, there's only an estimated of 1% of the population. So there's not a huge amount of education out there. I do suspect that 1% may actually be a lot higher than that. So hopefully if you get educated, maybe you can learn a little bit more about what asexual is, what being ace is. Yeah, I'm going to chuck some links on the Transmission Facebook page. You can check that out as well. You can also head over to acesandarrows.org. They also have a bunch of really cool information there. Also, tomorrow, or on the 26th of October, is Intersex Awareness Day. And Intersex Awareness Day is designed to highlight the human rights issues facing intersex people globally and to encourage visibility, education, and inclusion for people with intersex variation. Activities could include intersex awareness and education within agencies. I'm going to pop a link to the Intersex Human Rights Australia page, which will have, which has a bunch of really cool stuff on there, um, including videos and just how to be a really good intersex ally. Agencies could also develop a gender-neutral language guide to encourage the use of gender-neutral pronouns in agency communications. Yeah, all this stuff will be on the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with a Z. Yeah. All right. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez. I use he, him pronouns. And we're now about to get into a really cool interview that I did last week with Georgie Stone. Yeah. She's absolutely just a blast to spend time with, and I was super excited about this interview, and it was everything I expected, and some more. So yeah, Georgie Stone, in case you don't know, is an actress and advocate for trans and gender diverse young people who played Mackenzie Hargreaves on the long-running television drama Neighbours. Georgie is the first transgender actor in Australia to play a trans character on a long-running television series, and was nominated for Best Daytime Soap Star at the Inside Soap Awards for her performance. Her advocacy work has driven progress in health and medical services, access to safe schooling environments and legal reform, and generated much-needed awareness to the issues facing trans, gender-diverse, and non-binary young people today. At just age 21, Georgie has been recognized nationally and globally for her activism. In the past five years, she has been awarded the Globe LGBTI Person of the Year Award, the Young, P- Young People's Human Rights Medal, the Young Voltaire Award, the Victorian Young Australian of the Year Award, the Australian LGBTI Hero of the Year, and recently, the Medal of the Order of Australia. So, without further ado, going to push play on my interview with Georgie Stone.
Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. What was it like working as the creative producer of your own story? It was so empowering. It was awesome. It was, you know, the first time in my life, really, I've been advocating since I was 14. I'm 22 now. I've been telling my story publicly in the media since I was 14. And this is the first time ever I really feel like I've had control over the way my story has been told. So it was really, really empowering. Having me in sort of the process of telling the story kind of helped all of us tell a trans story that was more nuanced and had more depth than just the usual, like, you know, when did you know you were trans, you were bullied at school, you know, and proud to be trans, which is all important stuff. But I feel like when cisgender people tell trans stories, it's never going to be as in-depth or nuanced uh, or for trans people than when trans people have agency and control over the telling of the story. So I was really excited to be able to be a part of that. As someone who is in the public eye quite a lot, especially during your activism and advocacy with your family, do you find that you get tired of a lot of the work around advocacy and promoting the dream life of Georgie Stone as well? Yeah, I do. As Yeah, as I said, I've been doing this work since I was 14 and I'm 22 now. So most of my teen years have been spent advocating, which on one hand, I am so glad that I had the opportunity to do because I feel that, you know, that was important work. But at the same time, I remember getting to the age of 20 and feeling so exhausted. And I was like, I'm 20 and I'm already fantasizing about retirement. Like, that's not how it should be. I should be like, I know, going out and doing young person things. And see, I even call it young person things. Like, that's such an old person thing to say. So, you know, I kind of, I got to that age and sort of realized how exhausted I was. And now I'm trying to find this balance of still continuing that work because I think I'm in a position where I can do that work. Not everyone is. So I feel like if I can do it, I should. But then at the same time, I'm learning to say no to things and I'm learning to not take on the responsibility for everything. There are other incredible people in our community doing that work too, or who want to. So many great young trans people wanting to tell their stories. And I think it's important that there's shared space for a lot of people. And, you know, knowing that I don't have to do everything, we can, I can take a step back and there are some incredible people doing that work in a way that works for them. So yeah, um, it's, it's a process. I'm still learning, but yeah. Do you find that when you're out in the world, you get recognized a lot? Does that sort of take, take a toll on you as well? Like, does that add into that experience? Yeah, it does. It was interesting wearing masks for the last few years. I actually kind of enjoyed because it, meant I wasn't getting recognized so much, which which was nice. But once the mask rule started to come down a little bit, I realized that's when I started to get recognized a bit more. And that was kind of weird. But sometimes, you know, I'll run into a, a trans person who will recognize me and we'll have a great chat. You know, that's really lovely. I, I really love chatting to trans people that, you know, just kind of will recognize me and come up to me that's really cool so I really love those interactions but sometimes it's just a bit like I want to keep my head down and just go about my day (laughs) hey look I just want to get my coffee you know like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I do not need to talk about neighbors here in the line (laughs) to the bathroom thank you very much 
<laughs> Since you get recognized a lot, do you do you have any trans people in media that you look up to? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look up to Janet Mock a lot. I first heard about her when I was 11. She's just incredible, so smart, has written some beautiful books. And I met her once and I fully fangirled. I'm also a massive fan of, I watch Euphoria. So I love Hunter Schaefer. I think she's an incredible actress, just a badass, just really cool. And she's friends with Zendaya, so I'm fully jealous of her as well. So many. I mean, of course, Laverne Cox. I've got a La- we've got a Laverne Cox quote at the beginning of my documentary. She's incredible. You know, we can see that it's the trans women of colour are really blazing trails, as they have been since the beginning, I think. So I, I look up to them a lot. I think they're really incredible. They're really incredible in their discussions of intersectionality and that intersection between racism and transphobia but they're just such incredibly articulate smart powerful women so yeah I definitely look up to them I was looking at some of the information on the the dream life of Georgie Stone website and I noticed that there's the watch party and the discussion guide can you talk to the ideas behind that yeah so really we wanted the film to have an impact beyond just one watch and be like, yep, our work is done, you know, say for an, an ally or, or a cis person watching the film. But we didn't want them to just watch it and go like, yep, great, we've done our work. We don't have to do anything more. We really want people to be energised by watching this film and let it spur them into action or, or interest in what they can do to support. So we have those discussion guides there to help bring some structure to discussions that you can have after watching the film. So if you get your friends over and watch the film, host a watch party and then those questions can sort of help bring a bit of structure to the discussion if they need it or want it but you know we also want this film to be shown in schools and those discussion guides can be really great for discussions in a classroom so yeah we just basically didn't want this film to be just kind of like a one watch and then that's it sort of scenario we wanted to kind of help people bring those conversations further I suppose do you think that it's worked I don't know because look this it's early days it's <laughs> yeah it is early hey since the film released but I we have been seeing people hosting watch parties which is really great we're running an impact campaign alongside the film which is still going we're releasing a dream life zine run by a group of awesome young trans gender diverse and non-binary people which is releasing early next year which is really awesome really great to have this publication made by trans young people for trans young people so that's the kind of work that we that we've wanted to do alongside the film and we are doing alongside the film like this dream life you know it's my story it's one story but there are so many different stories out there that should be heard and need to be heard incredible minds incredible creative endeavors by these wonderful young people that should be shared and seen but I think with the response of the film so far I've received a lot of messages from people from either trans young people who've seen that and felt connected to the story or older trans people in the community who've also really connected to the film which is so important and you know makes me really happy and also people around the world who will they think haven't met a trans person before and now feel like they are more confident in knowing how to support because I think you know there's a lot of ignorance out there and ignorance can lead to a lot of damage but I think a lot of those people don't want to continue to perpetuate 
perpetuate that ignorance. They want to learn, but they don't know how. So I've had people who watch the film and feel like they're armed now with more information and empathy for trans people. And now they want to continue learning, continue doing that work. So that makes me really happy too, that it's reached people not from the community who want to learn. Do you think that you will work on other projects on other trans stories? Yes. Yes. It's definitely what I'm passionate about. Right now I'm writing, I'm writing a TV show, which is in development, early development. But yeah, I think, you know, as we were saying before, it's so important that trans people are part of the writing of these projects, part of the storytelling, and they have agency and control. So that's what I really want to do. I'm My dream is to start a production company where I can help other trans, gender diverse, non-binary young people, and really anyone from, you know, a, a marginalised community who feel like they don't have a voice or access to platforms where they can tell the stories that they are passionate about. So yeah, I'd love to start a production company where I can help give people a way in which they can start telling those stories and be a part of the process and allow the storytelling process to be diverse and a safe space for people. So I definitely want to keep telling those stories and also just to collaborate with other, you know, queer people. I'm really excited about that. I really want to meet other awesome trans people who are creative and are smart and and have ideas and perspectives and experiences that are different to mine. You know, we all have a responsibility to keep learning. We have our experience, but one of the great things about this community that we're in is that the experiences are so vast and similar and different. You know, we can learn from each other. So I, I'm excited to keep doing that work too and keep learning. It's actually, it's it's quite amazing when trans people get together, even if they don't know each other, it's like this unconscious, like, hey, we get it. We get each mm. other. Um, and that's like, some of the most powerful and exciting parts about being trans and sort of this watching the this illusion of gender dissolve and just become these like really powerful beings that we are and it's really cool absolutely powerful awesome beings we have an incredible community we are part of an incredible community and I remind myself of that often when things get difficult. I'm lucky to be a part of this community. There are some incredible people out there. So I I just want us to all get closer because I felt a lot of my life that I've been quite isolated from other trans people. It was a long time before I met another trans person and that's why when mum started a support group for parents of trans and gender diverse kids I was really excited to meet other kids because I I did feel very isolated and sometimes I still do so I'd I'd love to I I love it when I get to meet other awesome trans people I've been at a few meetings of the dream life youth committee in the creation of this zine and it's just incredible they're all just so smart and so creative and passionate about that work so I can't wait for that to be released I can't wait to see the final product of that because I think it's going to be awesome a big question I have for you is are you living the dream life it's a process Um, In many ways. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I couldn't see a future for myself. When I was a kid, I thought that, you know, I would never get to be who I was, that I would be spending my life trying to convince people that I was telling the truth, that I knew who I was. So I think if young Georgie saw me now, just living as Georgie, I think I would have thought, yeah, I've got my dream life. That's all I've really wanted. So in that sense, yes, I am. 
but it evolves over time, I suppose. It's a big question. Yes and no, because I, as we talked about before, I feel exhausted from the work getting here. The fight continues. There's so much work that still needs to be done. And I have a feeling I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the future still trying to convince people that I deserve to be safe and deserve to be myself. In many aspects there, I get kind of like concept panic because I'm like, oh, there's still so much. I'm so tired, but there's still so much work to do. I feel very lucky that I'm in a position. I I have a lot of privilege. I've experienced a lot of privilege in my life. And I do acknowledge that a lot of trans people don't have family support or access to treatment that I've had. So in that sense, uh, I am very privileged, which is again, why this work is so important because not every trans person is in a position where they are able to tell their story publicly or don't have that support behind them so I'm very cognizant that not every trans person has that so yeah in in many ways yes do you have any words of wisdom for young trans listeners my words of wisdom I don't know if it's real wisdom necessarily but you are more than enough like I want you to know that you are absolutely a hundred percent enough and there will be people who try and make you feel that's not true I know I've definitely experienced that and still do, but you don't need anyone else's approval to to know that you are it and you don't have to prove anything to anyone. You've just got to be honest and kind to yourself. That's what I'd want people to know. I feel like I spent so much, I've spent so much of my life hating myself, even after affirming my gender, because I was taught at such a young age by other people that I was a burden and that something was wrong with me. So I would... I would say to other trans people what I'd say to young me, which is that don't buy into that bullshit. You are absolutely enough and there's nothing wrong with you. Thank you so much, Georgie. I'm really glad that you got to chat with me today. I'm glad too. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Yay. (laughs) I keep thinking of the moments that have led me here. How do you feel about the treatment that you want to have? I feel good about that because then I won't grow into a boy, I'll be myself. The winner of the Young People's Human Rights Medal for 2017 is Georgie Stone. My name is Georgie Stone. I'm 15 years old. For the last five years, court has played a big part in my family's life. To have a complete stranger having to make a decision about my body was really distressing and I felt really powerless. I want to make sure this doesn't play the same part in anyone else's life. We won! (laughs) Even though we have achieved a lot, we still need to make sure that we are protecting and looking after trans kids in Australia. I've always known who I am. I've always been a girl. There you go. That was my interview there with Georgie Stone. If you'd like to know more about the dream life of Georgie Stone and where you can watch and everything like that, you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. You can also head over to dreamlifefilm.com and there's a bunch of stuff there, including like how, how you can have watch parties and all the other stuff that Georgie and I talked about is all featured there as well. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez. I use he, him pronouns. And we're now into the final segment of the show today. Uh, this one is pretty cool. Uh, Jay had a chat with Bee Queens from the Bee Queens 
Breakdown Bollywood, which is an event that's running still over this weekend. So there's shows on the 29th and 30th of October. If you don't know anything about Bollywood or Indian culture, we'll show you. Think you know everything already? Think again. This is a PSA and all things Bollywood. So stop patting the dog and screwing the light bulb and let us show you what it's really about. Jay has a chat with Johan about bee queens and everything to do with Bollywood culture. So yeah, let's just uh, have a listen. So I'm here with Johan, who's one of the three minds behind uh, the new play happening at as part of Fringe Festival, uh, Bee Queens Break Down Bollywood. How are you doing? Hi, Jay. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I got to know straight away. Bee queens. I read it as butch queens. I'm assuming <laughs> that's not what it is. What do, does it stand for? Anything? Uh, the B does stand for Bollywood. So um, okay, yeah. So it's basically um, there are two people. Uh, there are three people. Uh, Kalpana, Iman, and I are in drag. So the play is about three women from three different generations and we talk about Bollywood. So uh, it's bee queens because we're talking about Bollywoods and we look at ourselves as we are queens. Gorgeous. So I'm seeing this show on closing night, which is the 30th of October. I'm, I can't wait though. Like I'm really excited. So I was wondering if without spoiling me, can you sort of give me a sneak peek, like if I was going to sit down, like describe to me what I'm about to see unfold All right. on stage. So it's literally every South Asian household ever. So generally in South Asian households, when there are women, what they like to do is they like to get a cup of tea and they love to gossip. They just love gossiping. So essentially... Um, like I said before, it's three generations. I play the role of the grandmother, who is a 93-year-old woman who keeps saying that she's about to die, but she never dies. And trust me, this is <laughs> this character has been taken, um, like has taken inspiration from my real grandmother, who is around 87, 88 years old. And every time on her birthday, she keeps saying, this is going to be my last birthday. But she... <laughs> She is in the best condition ever. She's the healthiest person in the family. She goes for walks and stuff. So we have the grandmother. Uh, the role of the mother is played by Iman in a wig. And the mother is a very typical dramatic mom who is protective of her daughter. But she's also very inspired by TV serials. And then the daughter is this modern new age feminist daughter who thinks very progressively. And the show basically teaches people and an audience, specifically a white audience, about how Bollywood looked like in the three generations. So the grandmother's generation, the mother's generation and the daughter's generation. Because many people have yet a very outdated idea of what Bollywood is like. You know, they... It, Everyone thinks it's still musicals and they think of like very stereotypical dance numbers. But if they look into it, Bollywood is not just that. It's like a very complicated um, film industry and the films that it has produced, um, which are like really good, normally go overlooked. 
So we essentially just talk about how Bollywood progressed over the years. And it's essentially the three generations squabbling about which generation had the best era of Bollywood. That sounds really fun. That's made me even more excited to see it. That's awesome. Um, So the three of you are acting in it, but you also all co-wrote it. Is this your first sort of major writing acting deal or what? how did that process happen? So this is my first major writing um, deal. Um, so basically Kalpana, Iman and I met at Brown Church, which is a show that uh, the Navikaran Collective held at uh, Brisbane Festival. And Kalpana was telling Iman and I about a show that she wanted to do for Fringe. And initially we had absolutely no idea what we wanted to do. But then we came together and we put our brains together and we thought, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? And it was really great having three people's inputs about um, how they see Bollywood. And we just put our minds together and we wrote down this entire 45-minute play. And we're very proud of it and we're very happy with how it turned out. So, yeah, like the opening night, we had a lot of laughs. So our goal is to make your laugh, but at the same time, know what it is like to be a South Asian person and um, know how Bollywood is actually like. I, I do have a, a few acting skills up my sleeve, but um, this is the first time I'm playing an extremely camp character because the character of the grandmother is so over-the-top campy um, that when you watch it, you should be like, oh my God, that is so absurd. Who acts like that? In reality, South Asian grandmothers do act like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Iman's character is slightly campy, but also grounded in a bit of realism. And the daughter's character is completely grounded in realism. So again, I think the three of us have all taken very unique acting roles and each of us have to, you know, kind of invoke a different acting skill. Yeah, that's really interesting and such an interesting dynamic seeing those three kinds of characters interact with each other. I've really enjoyed seeing the social media posts leading up to this, the like TikToks and little skits that you've been posting about it. It's genuinely been making my day every time. What has been the most fun moment in the lead up to this? Oh, I would have to say, well, there have been a few fun moments because all of us would come to my place and we would write and we would practice. Uh, if you're South Asian or I think if you're a person of color, you know, food is a very important thing. So we would keep getting a lot of food. There'd be a table full of food and we'd just eat and write and practice. So that was very fun. But also filming the TikToks was a lot of fun because we did that back at Kalpana's place. Um, and I remember there was one TikTok which we filmed and it was so funny that when Iman laughed, her corset tore a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, I, I feel like um, just writing and making the TikToks were probably like huge highlights. And also the opening night was a huge, you know, um, it's like a core memory for me because it went very well. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited to see the show. Um Queen's Breakdown Bollywood as part of Fringe Festival. I hope the rest of it goes incredibly well. I'm sure it will. And I'll see you on closing night. Thank you so much for the interview. 
I just want to add that Be Queens is doing a ticket giveaway for our show on the 30th of October. So if the listeners want to find out how to get two free tickets for our show on the 30th of this month, um, head to our Instagram page, which is Be Queens Bollywood. Um, that is at B-Q-U-E-E-N-S-B-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D. And thank you once again for the interview. It was wonderful. Amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane and beyond. Transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news, music and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. Thank you so much, Jay and Johan, for your time talking about the Fringe Festival's Bee Queens Breakdown Bollywood. Yeah, if you wanted to, yeah, head over to Bee Queens Bollywood Instagram page. They've got a giveaway there. I've also shared it on the Transmission Facebook page and Instagram, which is at Transradio with a Z. So, yeah, that's really cool. They've got two events coming up this weekend, the 29th and the 30th. So, yeah, be sure to grab some tickets or win them with the giveaway. So, yeah, head over to that Instagram page. If you've enjoyed listening to Transmission today, I'm glad. That's good. I'm really happy that you've been enjoying yourself every Tuesday, 9am. Also, we have a podcast and we also have, we're pretty active on social media, so you can check us out on other places and listen back to us on demand on 4 Z as well. There's heaps of things, all the links from the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Anything that you've heard from today that you particularly like, please message and let us know that you're liking stuff. I don't hear too much from everyone live, but I do hear on the socials. So yeah, please message and let us know what you're feeling and how you're thinking about it. My job here as an advocate for the trans community here in Mianjin is that I want to make sure that I'm representing everyone accurately and that everyone's happy with what they're hearing. So if any trans or gender non-conforming listeners out there, please message. Let me know how you're feeling, if you're liking stuff, if there's music you'd like to hear more of, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, let me know. At Trans Radio with a Z. Yeah. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4 Z. Thank you.